Hey, it's Brad from The Heckler. I hope this is finding you well. I know we're all in a really tough spot right now. This quarantine is no joke. Um, it's been interesting to see everyone using social media to stay in touch. Social media is also a very terrifying place because that's where all the rumors are about what we're in for. There's also a lot of optimism out there and I'm hoping that's what uh, we wind up clinging to. Um, I've been trying to check in with as many friends and family as possible this week, and uh, I decided, hey, you know what? Let's start recording uh, some of these conversations. So uh, it is right now Friday evening, the 20th, and uh, I had a conversation with my friend Rick Tellender, who was on our video and podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh Figured I'd check in with him, and as always, it was an interesting conversation, so I recorded it, and that's what uh, is up here now. So, uh, fans in cool places, or in our case, fans in quarantine, drinking beer uh, with Rick Tellender, coming up in a second here. Um, hopefully, people who follow us online saw that we are doing a couple things trying to make a small impact uh, with all this craziness going on. We started a support our friends bingo board that's available on theheckler.com. A bunch of places that have been supporters and friends of ours over the years. Uh, we're trying to encourage our audience to support them back. Um, and uh, we're also doing the one push-up challenge to support small businesses. We ordered uh, at my house, we ordered Cheesy's Pub and Grub this evening. I'm about to ready to finish my... Um, grilled cheese sandwich. They were on the bingo board and they uh, were in today's one push-up challenge. So uh, check both those out, please, and support however you can. And uh, after a quick uh, word from our quote-unquote sponsor, we're going to get into the interview that uh, Rick Teller and I did earlier this evening. So uh, I'm here with my good friend, Rick Tellender, doing a wellness check like I've been doing with many uh, friends and family over the last week or so here in, in quarantine. Rick, how are you? I'm great. I'm great, Brad. Yeah. I'm just um You sound good. Up a, yeah, I'm just finishing up a chicken pot pie. Yep. Could be better. Store store bought or uh a yep. creation yeah. Store, store bought, you know, uh, before frozen? the plague. Frozen, frozen yep. Yep. Okay. And not one of those Swanson TV dinner things. I ate enough of those as a kid. No, this is this is the real deal. What it's a, it's a, a uh, higher quality than Swanson's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is this is all kind of like gourmet chicken pot pie. Okay. Good. I I so we you know you've already you're you're actually our first repeat guest on uh, any sort of, any sort of uh, media like this. We uh, you know we've got this series that we've been doing for a little bit called fans in cool places drinking beer. Um, I am not in a cool place. I'm in my office, and I believe you're at your house. I am drinking a beer. Uh, I'm having a spotted cow that my my uh, mother's boyfriend gave me for Christmas that I finally decided to, to tap into. Did you wash your uh, chicken pot pie down with a beer? No, actually, um, I had a uh, Long Island iced tea yesterday, so I'm kind of chilling today. I'm having a... I haven't, uh, had, a, <clears throat> I haven't had a Long Island iced tea since since college. Oh, yeah. Well, I try them again. It's a blast from the past. Listen to this, though. I, I had it all made and everything, you know, tequila, rum, vodka, and uh, gin. You know, not that much, but just enough. And then 
the lemon juice, the ice, everything looked great, a swizzle stick, and I didn't have any Coke. So guess what I used instead? I mean, because that's the other ingredient, uh, Dr. Pepper. Ooh, a little, little bit that, of, uh, yeah, mix it up there, man. You're making, like a, most, uh, you're making the most of your quarantine. Yeah, here you go. It's like Long Island iced tea with prune juice, I guess. <laughs> save, save that for a few years. Yeah. Is, 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 I didn't know, is, 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 Dr. <laughs> Pre- is Dr. Pepper similar to prune juice? I always liked Dr. Pepper growing up. I Yeah, I do too. I, you know, I think, isn't that like the ingredient in there is kind of prunes or something? I don't yeah, know. Maybe. I don't even know the origin, like why it's called Dr. Pepper. Now I'm going to have to look that up. No, but, man, I used to go down south. Uh, my grandparents lived down in Georgia, and everybody drank it down there, and the old bottles of it said 10, 2, and 4 in numerals going down the bottle. And yeah, I, remember I remember asking my dad, what's the deal? And he said, well, you're supposed to have one at 10 in the morning, 2 in the afternoon, and 4 in the afternoon. That's what the doctor wanted. You'd be pepped up. I mean, obviously, get pepped. There must be some, yeah. you know, hidden caffeine or something in there. Yeah. But and was it was it uh, a tasty beverage? Yeah, it was interesting. It was like a, um, yeah, like I said, a Long Island iced tea with prune juice in it. Um, yeah. But it had the alcohols there. I mean, listen, let's let's be honest. If you're That's drinking, true. ultimately, it's just. A mechanism for getting alcohol in your body. I mean, let's just go straight to the grain alcohol thing and just throw it in there. Yeah. If you want when you so, start yeah. out at age 18, it's, there's some purity to that. You know, it's like screw the mixer, everything. I don't care what you put in there. Put high C, great drink. Throw in some scotch, bourbon, whatever else you got. I know some guys who drank um, uh, with, with uh, vinegar. They thought it had alcohol. Oh. In it. They all, they all pissed. Oh God. Anyway, yeah, I digress. Sorry. No, I'm I I I, I agree that uh, you know as you get older you try to make it. Some people try to make it seem a little bit more fancy, but really, yeah, it's all about just getting drunk. I guess as you get older, you don't want to like drink something that's gonna you know put weight on or give you a bad hangover the next day. Or no, whatever. that's true. The rest of it is just details. Yes, otherwise there wouldn't be so many, you know, great cocktails yeah. out there. So my yeah. my wife. My wife, uh, who's from the town where your kids grew up, uh, beautiful Lake Forest, um, she loves going to Napa and taking winery tours and stuff, and I absolutely loathe it. I'm just like, I don't care really? how you made this. It's not like I'm going to make it at home. I, I don't care about the process. I, I'm just, I'm just, I don't find that interesting in the least. But I do then get excited when we're at the end of the tour and you can drink. Well, I, I mean, I get that up to a point. I think you got a little bit of that, uh, oh, yeah, I hate her. Give me a brandy, man, and, you know, <laughs> and a spotted my, cow. Eh? My Wisconsin roots. Yeah, that's the spotted cow uh, has done me well for my Wisconsin well, roots. Well, that's a good beer. That's a good beer. Listen, I've, I've been on those Napa tours, and uh, I had a great time, man. I mean, you know, you go, yeah, you, you watch it. You look at it a little, but I didn't go, I mean, hell, it all comes out of the dirt and it's grapes, and, yeah, you, you ferment it and stuff. But um, then you get the you go to the drinking rooms or you know outside it's beautiful yeah. weather and, and they serve you champagne oh, I, and what you know yeah, whatever whatever you want. Yeah. I love yeah. Napa. I okay. just don't care. I just don't care about the okay. tour whatsoever. I've, That's what's I've great done about brewer, America, I've done Brad. I've done brewery tours. I've done distillery <laughs> tours. It's all. It's I, it, I could not be less interested. Yeah. Okay. Well. That, as I started to say, that's what's great about America. You can coexist with someone like your wife, you know, so right. that's good. 
and thank and thankfully I can coexist with my wife because it's because we're quarantined together. Uh, yeah. Everything everything going well at the Tellender household. So far, no domestic <laughs> violence. Um, that's good. You know, we're not on complete lockdown until tomorrow night, I think. Yeah, and I'm still not clear exactly on what's going to change. It seems like that sort of a lot of people have been self-quarantining, and it's not like they're going to – I know, like, in, in Italy, people are getting tickets for going out without proper paperwork. or pro- I mean, it, it feels pretty uh, – uh, It's pretty draconian, uh, you know. This is how a dictator, you know, it's easier to do this stuff in a semi-dictatorship like uh, China. Or I imagine it's real easy in North Korea. You don't do it, and you get fed to it, the dogs immediately. Right. But um, uh, it's weird. I don't know exactly what's different, but I know one thing where I live up here, the cigar store closed today. Oh. So maybe that's not considered a necessity. But, you know, I have a real question. Are hardware stores going to stay open? Because – I. Yeah, you know, I if you hardware, break something, we, yeah, I read hardware stores are. I read. Financial, oh, really? Yeah, I read are financial sure? institutions. And that's what I read. Hardware stores are are going to be able to remain open. Um, well, how long ago did you read that? Because Pritzker and and Lori Lightfoot just gave their um, thing, you know, a um, few hours ago. I think I read it as that was going on, so there might be some clarif- There might have been some clarification, but as far as I know, like in San Francisco, those sort of places are able to remain open. Just, you know, there's just so much un, unknown with this stuff. It's it's crazy. Um, okay, so you guys are surviving. Did did your wife enjoy a uh, Dr Pepper Long Island iced tea with you last night? No, 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 no. Mm. Listen, you got a great house here, uh, and I, there's separate rooms. I got my office. I got a TV. Yeah. I've got all my books. My I've got everything here. I can basically live in here. Um, you know, so. She does whatever she wants. I do what I do, and the dog roves in between the two. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know what our dog's name is, Brad? Uh, can I get a clue? It's got something to do with the Cubs. Sadly. Is it Wrigley or Addison or? Yes, it's Wrigley. <laughs> Who yeah. named it? I don't know, but it's there's somebody. There's another dog. Guy's walking his dog. Last summer, you know, in the neighborhood, he's new. And I would say, Wrigley, come here. My dog turns around. His dog turns around. I think about five other dogs in the neighborhood did. He's got a little, like, ratty-looking chihuahua. It was kind of cute, but uh, his name is Wrigley, too. So, yeah. Yeah. We For the heckler, we once did an article about how uh, every dog at a, at a doggy daycare in Lakeview was named either Wrigley, Clark, Addison, uh, or maybe maybe Sheffield. You didn't see many Sheffields. No. Um, yeah. We also did, did it. Do over? Yeah, what oh, would you sorry. do? Sorry. What were, I'd name it Sosa. <laughs> yeah? Well, how, what, what's the reason? It's a now? very weird dog. Very weird. <laughs> He's more of a Sosa huh? than a Wrigley? Way more. Uh, you have yeah. some examples? Um, yeah, well, so go outside and sit, and it's colder than hell, and uh, look at the fence, the back fence. I mean, it's a wooden fence, and just stare at it. And I look at it, I say, okay, you want to come in? She won't even move. So I, she has, like, Asperger's. She's kind of, she sees things I don't see. I think she sees dead dogs, to tell you the truth. Oh, it's boy. Just, it's very strange. Uh, she's got extrasensory perception. Very strange. Anybody meets this dog, 
they know this is a different kind of dog. Just like Sammy Sosa was a different kind of player? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, certainly Wrigley's just way too generic for this dog. Maybe, uh, let me say, maybe a Pepitone would have been a better name. <laughs> Pepitone, Pepitone's a little bit before me. What, what about him was unique that reminded reminds you of your dog? Pepitone? Yeah. So uh, Pepitone, well, he was before my time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, there's a weird dude. He had a wig. That, that's pretty cool. Back in the day, guys had He's, rugs like that. He played and, with them? Um, uh, you know, I can't remember if he did or he did, but he had a hair dryer. This is back when hair dryers were kind of new. Uh, he was, he, man, you want to know about him? Read a, um, read a book, his autobiography. I think it's called, I have it somewhere. Say it ain't so Joe. Oh my okay. God. Yeah. It's, it's wild, man. It's a good one for quarantine. I think it's old, but it's good. I remember asking Roger Maris, you like this, uh, about Pepitone cause they played for the Yankees together. And he said, you know, if you wrote that book, Rick, why would you do that? I mean, Maris was truly, truly astounded. He was, you know, very private, didn't want anything like that. Pepitone was talking about all the girls he was with, all the everything he did. It was crazy beyond belief. He was a good player, too, good left-handed hitter, you know. It, it was fun to watch. Yeah, here's here's a headline from uh, from USA Today in 2015 where – Joe Pepitone claimed he would hide drugs in Wrigley Field's Ivy. Wow. Yeah, his, his, well, yeah, his 1975 autobiography. Okay, well, listen, my dog is not on drugs. Uh, she kind of acts like it, but there's no drugs hidden in her bowl or anything like that. That's good. Um, so Joe Pepitone had a wig, but you don't know if he played with it on. Um, I can't remember. Listen, it was, it was bald on top mostly. He had a lot of hair hanging out of his his cap. It was pretty uh-huh. cool. But I think when he took the cap off, if I'm not mistaken, like in a locker room, he'd take it off, and he very quickly put the rug on it, I believe. A lot of problems, you know, with old-fashioned toupees. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yes, uh, we could ask Ron Sano about that. R.I.P. He, he, he probably put his wig – he probably got his wig after he played, right? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, all right. Well, uh, I'm glad to hear you're, you're holding in, holding up all right with the, with the quarantine. Um, before I started recording, we were talking about, I had a lot of fun with the video segment that you shot with us, uh, probably about a, I don't know, month and a half or two months ago now. And I hope, I hope you had fun too. Um, was that was I, more than radio? Well, right. We 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 shot the video and then we released the the radio. We released the audio as a podcast. So you know, it's a multimedia experience. Well, who got to see me in the barber chair? Uh, anybody who wanted to watch it, man. We we had it on uh, we had it on on our website and on YouTube and on Instagram and Facebook and fucking Twitter. It's so tough, dude. It's a, like you know. You, everything gets broadcast on all these different channels, and you got—I don't know the best way right. to do it. You got—you post it everywhere, and it's like it gets 20 views here, a couple thousand there, and it's just like so. And then, and then, and then I took the audio and turned that into a podcast, and then that, I put that on, uh-huh. our, on our on our iTunes channel. Um, okay. But you but, know, this, this reminds me of like 
uh, you know, slaughterhouse taking the pig. You take everything on it. They say everything but the oink. Yeah, yeah. Take some more of that and make T-shirts and, uh, I don't know. Yeah, dude. Do, do tri- yeah. Everything everything but the oink. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, well come on. I was actually wearing a Rick Tellender T-shirt during the interview. Uh, from, yeah, I thought uh, you were going to give that to me. I, I mean, the one that said number 15 or whatever. We meant, I meant to give them to you. Uh, we, we took them back with us. But, yeah, the commemorating you having the 15th best sports book of all time. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but I was wearing a shirt from your um, – from uh, uh, Heaven is a Playground, the the purple shirt. Oh, right, shirt right, right. From, yeah. So, yeah. but, yeah, we could – we need to we need to make sure that when we're doing these interviews, we're coming up with like catchy uh, phrases and stuff that people would wear on a shirt, you know. Yeah, I saw one the other day. You know, these guys on St. Patrick's Day in Wrigleyville. I mean, listen, there's something about the youth of America. Let me put it to you that way. Uh, this kid was wearing one. I think he had a onesie on and then a T-shirt over it that said "Dead Inside but Still Horny." <laughs> I. See. I saw a few um, coronavirus-related um, uh, T-shirts on people during St. Patrick's Day, which is the which will be the cruelest form of irony when those people's grandparents pass away because they transmitted coronavirus to them. I also saw. Yeah, one, well, I also saw a guy. Uh, who had, let's nip it in the bud here, okay? Yeah, I'm a grandparent, man. But my kids, are, my grandkids are too young to be on, um, you know bopping around at sluggers and all that stuff. But if they start drinking in kindergarten, uh, (laughs) they should be right there. (laughs) I hope they don't. Um, No, so do I. But, uh, yeah, yeah. St. Patrick's Day is always good for T-shirts, but uh, Corona made it a little bit tougher. I I was actually – I posted some stuff about all the people who were going out for the the holiday despite – the warnings to stay indoors and away from large crowds. And you'll be very happy to know I'm Facebook friends with at least one of your children. And she uh, was appalled to see that people were going out for St. Patrick's day. So you're, you're at least one of your daughters is uh, responsible enough to know what a terrible decision that was. You'll be happy. to Yeah. Know. My kids, my kids are very moral upstanding uh, citizens, very proud. So yeah, of course. They're, uh, they're disgusted. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, if if your kids were going out for St. Patrick's Day or were refusing to avoid crowds, which some people still are, what what sort of a, what sort of guidance would you give them on St. Patrick's Day? Well, just in general, if they with coronavirus oh. going around and people being in quarantines, what sort of advice yeah. would you give your uh, your or what guidance kind of guidance would you give your kids or kids of the, of your friends or whatever who are who well, are, I, you know. When the weather gets a little nice, you just take a six-pack and go into the woods, you know? By yourself um, or with your or with your what? quarantine partner? Well, if you've got a quarantine partner. But if you're not sick of your quarantine partner, has anybody ever had to do this? Not in, in that I've known of except for, like, um, prisoners, right? Right. I mean, you don't have a, a roommate that you can't get away from. So right. if, you, if you're going out, I'd say the one thing you want to do is get away – whoever's in there with you. So, you know, it's really scary for the people who live alone. And, you know, what the hell are they supposed to do? Yeah. You might as well be under, uh, you know, be wearing an ankle bracelet. That's tough. But, uh, yeah, I yeah. would say go out into the, you know, go out into nature, man. Go do something like that. Because you're not going to go to a bar. 
unless you want to go to a pharmacy and celebrate. I mean, right. what are you going to do? You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This is unprecedented, uh, Brad. Even for I know young people think, "Wow, this is wild." But I tell you, even old dudes like me, this this ain't never happened before. Nothing like this ever. Nothing even close. So when you if this goes you, on a long time, huh? Yeah, yeah. When you were in school, uh, did you have to do the like like drills for like nuclear war sort yeah. of stuff? You didn't say nuclear, stuff? did you? Hey, did I you never say nuclear. Nuclear. How do you pronounce it? Nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> no, don't do the George Bush thing. That's nuclear. No, it's nuclear. Yes, nuclear. when I nuclear. was in grade school, we had you had a duck and, get, duck and cover. Well, I don't even remember what they call it. You get under your desk, put you get down in the crouch, put your hands over your head, and we were smart enough to know what was going on. And it's like, okay, we're talking about an atomic bomb. I was growing up in Peoria, and the atomic bomb's going to hit Caterpillar Tractor Company. We knew that. Everybody knew that because we'd heard that even as kids, you know, nine, ten years old, you had heard that Caterpillar made things for the war, or they could make, right. you know, what are bombs or something. So. Peoria was high on the list of places that the Soviets, the evil empire was going to bomb. This is what we heard. And we right. knew that it wasn't going to be the blast that got you because that was down in the river basin, the Illinois River. We're up a little higher in the way. It was going to be the fallout. And we all had visions, or at least I sure as hell did, a fallout coming down like ashes from a bonfire, you know. And you're running in your nightmares, sprinting as fast as you can, trying to get home. I lived a couple miles from school. As this stuff is slowly coming down, you know, these pieces of burnt paper. And if it touches you, you're going to be radiated, you're going to die, you know, mute, you're going to be like a mutant, and your face is going to melt and all this stuff. It was horrible. It was awful. But, yeah, we practice that stuff. How, how did, So two-part question. How do you think that shaped your upbringing, having these terrible, these terrible visions of nuclear holocaust? That's my first question. And my second question is, is there anything – similar that you can find between that sort of preparation and like what we're living in right now. So first question. Um, yeah. What was it like? Um, did, yeah. yeah what kind uh, of it, has, that? it has shaped me and scarred me forever. Anybody lived through that, you know, not in a hideous way, not like PTSD, like somebody's really had traumatic stuff been in, you know, actual war combat or something like that. But it, it terrified you to the extent that you'd have almost like waking nightmares. And it was always there. You know, they call it the Cold War. That went on from the end of World War II until like 1989. And, you know, it calmed down towards the end of the 80s. But before that, in the 60s, and then, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis, it was, as we found out, it was very close to Armageddon. I mean, it was Khrushchev and Kennedy and trying to figure out who's going to blink first, who's going to do whatever. And we had more, you know, warheads and, you know, enough to blow up the world. And we'd seen um, Dr. Strangelove, or was it How yeah. I Learned to Love the Bomb, or whatever it is, something like that. It was it yeah. just terrifying. So, uh, yeah, always in the back of my mind was this idea that the world is not secure. And I think maybe kids feel that now when they see what's happening with global warming. And right. they may not be so worried about nuclear, the end of the war, end of the world <laughs> with nuclear war, but they might be worried about, well, uh, you know, the rest of the global climate change. Right. 
<laughs> and this, also this, um, you know, this coronavirus, this is this is a first. Little kids, you know, who are saying, well, Mom, you know, I want to go out and play with Jimmy across the street. And they say, no, you can't. You think you're not going to remember that? Right. You know? Yeah. How are your how are your grandkids holding up? Uh, FaceTime, they you know, they're little. I call them little monsters. So so far so good. Um, you know. How, but, how old is How old is the oldest? Uh, just turned eight. So you go eight down to two, and they're scattered so the all over the place. Yeah, the eight year old is definitely well aware of 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 what this all means. My I was just FaceTiming with my sister and her two nieces, and they are seven and three. And the seven-year-old was explaining to me that my sister, their mom, told them that they they need to be very careful that they don't get hurt or need to go to the to the doctor for anything because the doctor's offices are all filled with sick people. The hospitals are filled with sick people, so if they get hurt, it might take them a while to get to get better. And I thought that was a really you know, I was proud of my sister for instilling that, and I also was really proud of my niece for for being able to sort of get her head around that and and remember it. Um, yeah, well, so, yeah. What, it'll, this will what's she gonna think forever. if she? What's she gonna think if she starts to get sick? Oh my God, I can't tell mommy. I can't go to the doctor. I gotta, you know, hide it. I mean, it is, it's a scary time. Nobody wants to go to, um, you know, the hospital. Uh, my one daughter, Robin, is pregnant. You know, she's gonna have a baby soon. I don't oh, think, wow. you know, yeah, you're going to have a COVID baby. So there's oh, going to be boy. a bunch of those born. You know, they're never going to know a world where this hadn't existed. So yeah, right. it's, it's, this is a uh, this is a demarcation in time, I would say. How are you what, – what's your advice to people on how to stay sane? Um, well, having never been through this, I don't know, but it's a lot easier for me because I've got a, uh, you know, a nice workplace, and I work from home. I always have, basically. I mean, I, I've never gone into an office, so that's not an issue. Uh, I guess you got to get outside. You know, keep your distance away. you got to get out and walk or ride a bike or do something. But if you sit all day long and think you can binge watch, you know, Netflix or even regular TV or, like me, you know how pitiful I am? I'm watching UConn, Notre Dame women's, like, semifinal basketball from – Two years ago, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Somebody hurt their knee. I have no idea which two, one's in blue and one's in white. I don't even know who's who. And you're just you're just so, sort of appreciating appreciating it appreciating it for the competitive nature and I get and it. It's just habit, you know. I mean, show you turn name, you turn on turn on ESPN and you see something, you know, uh, a Pistons game from nineteen, you know, ninety one or something. I and mean, it's they're just showing yeah. this crap and I don't know what the sports phase is gonna be. I mean I'm a sports writer. What what the hell people don't yeah, want to read that, about what you know. Yeah. Now that now that football uh free agency frenzies died down, it's like that was that was a really nice distraction for four or five days, but it's now what what's left, right? There's more yeah. speculation about if and when stuff's gonna pick back up. Um Yeah. I've been I've been watching uh, some of the old uh, ESPN Thirty for Thirties. I watched the Christian Leitner one. Have you seen that one yet? Um, 
I think it's called I hate, I hate Christian Leitner, I think it's called. Yes, I have yes, I have seen that. But that was a while ago I saw it. Yeah, it was I've yeah, seen so many one. of those. It was it was from like four or five years ago, but I I hadn't seen it before, so I watched it on uh on demand. And yeah. it, I mean that was that was you know, I was like fourteen, fifteen when that when, when Christian Leitner was playing for Duke and that that made me sort of reminiscent for uh, a different, you know, a time gone by and it uh, it made me remember how much uh, I did, in fact, not really like Christian Leitner, even though I didn't have any reason to uh, to not like him. Listen, what I remember is I was in uh, our whole family went to Jamaica the first time ever when Duke when he made the shot against Kentucky. So I didn't uh-huh. see that. But we, we didn't even have um, cable TV down there, so I missed that one. I missed that NCAA Final Four. I think I saw the earlier stuff, but I didn't see that. So. Uh, I knew him through, you know, seeing him uh, with Coach K and on the Duke team and with Bobby Hurley and, you know, Grant Hill, all those guys. But uh, I didn't realize, <laughs> you know, what an arrogant prick he supposedly is. And I, I saw him at a camp with Bobby Hurley. Uh, I think he had just graduated or was about ready to graduate. There was a camp for all these kids at Cameron Indoor there in uh, Durham. And uh, they, were, they played a game, like got a bunch of guys together, old players or whatever. And he seemed a little arrogant. But, you know, I, I wasn't enough for me to just outright hate him. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, he was on the dream team. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, a lot of people said that, according to the 30 for 30, a lot of people said that Shaq should have been on it. But Shaq, they showed him an interview and he was, actually pretty gracious saying that he felt that Leitner was equally as deserving and, and whatever. But, uh, and some of the, some of the dream team players apparently didn't take that kindly to him. And, uh, you know, who knows? Well, who did? Uh, you know, teammates mostly. Um, yeah, they, well, they talked, they talked about, and then the 30 for 30, they talked about how there were rumors that he and, uh, what was his name? Brian Davis were, yeah. were gay. Um, yeah, it was that was uh there there were there were a lot of uh, subplots with with uh, those those Duke teams. It was it yeah it it made me uh, it made me sort of uh, sentimental for those yeah. that bygone era. That's kind of sad as you become that old man drinking a beer and a tear in your eye. Yeah, drinking drinking a spot of cow, talking to uh, talking to a friend while we're both in quarantine. Yeah, no. What's, it, what's, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, what's the first thing you're going to do when uh, this quarantine ends in however long? I'm uh, my over under. I'm going to walk out on the street. Is, and, I'm going to walk out it. Wait. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, my over under is three months on the quarantine. Oh. Um. Wow. Three months. Dang. I mean, right now it's only supposedly until April 7th. That's when school comes yeah. out. But yeah, I think it'll keep going. They keep saying they're going to have the Olympics. I don't believe. No, the first thing I'm going to do. I'll just go out in the street and start hugging people, strangers. <laughs> I'm going to go to Times yeah. Square and, and make out with a soldier. Yeah, yeah, with a with a dude. That would be perfect, wouldn't it? And yeah, for sure. And backwards, have his Quar- little foot up in the air like that, that you know, whoever, Quar- that, that nurse. Quarantine did turn, did done turn me gay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gave me Maybe time we'll, to think we'll, about we'll, it, yep. But yeah, well, I, I'm gonna throw a raging party. Uh, Sarah and I are gonna throw a raging party, and you and your wonderful wife are invited. 
Okay. Well, I'm, you know, I'll be there. I mean, I didn't make that last one. I don't know. It was New Year's Eve. Yeah, whatever. you missed our you missed our Christmas party, but you were at our wedding, so that 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 gives you some. Uh, that was tougher to get to, so that that gives you some. Uh, uh, some solace. Some, yeah. Yeah, well, no, you get you get some. Uh, oh, you, you credit, credit, some credit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How's cool, the man. parking well, around your place? Uh, right now, it's pretty good <laughs> during the quarantine. <laughs> uh, it's not bad. We'll, we'll we'll find a spot for you. Maybe, this party's okay. gonna be so big that we're gonna have a valet, or maybe we'll pick everyone up in a bus. So so okay. uh, we'll have we'll have door to door bus service. So uh, so so Damn. nobody drives home under the influence. Wow. Okay. I, I'd say this is God's way of saying somebody in your family is making too much money. <laughs> no, man. We're just going to – well, no, we've, we've lost too much money in the stock market the last couple of weeks. Oh, uh, do not talk about that. No, no. We're not going there. Nope. nope. I'm, I'm purposely I, – I still have the uh, the stock market app on my phone, but I'm, I've debated uh, deleting it. Well, you know, here's one thing, and this is a fact. If you are contributing any kind of fund – you know, Roth IRA or IRA, people always stop contributing when the market tanks, when it just goes crazy. This is actually a time when you should keep putting money in. If you put it in monthly, and people love to put it in when the stock market is raging, and they hate right. to put it in. But if you put it in all your money in 2008, 2009, 2010, I mean, it would be at least double, if not tripled by now, even with where the market is right now. It would be doubled. So right. uh, this will this will come back. I don't know how long. It might be quite a while, but we will. One thing about this, we will adapt, and we will come out of it with a whole new way of perhaps of living, of of working. People may learn that you know whole whole institutions may find yeah remote working is pretty good, and we don't have to pay for a giant building downtown. We can do this. We can do that. There's gonna be a lot of innovation. Yeah, and just, you know, you, you hear it's amazing how this quarantine has, has, it seems like, made a very positive impact to the environment, right? You read about, like, the space, the images from space over China and Italy and, and you know, the, the CO2 reports here in the States after just a week of quarantine. And I do agree with you that I think a lot of people are forced into commuting uh, you know, commuter jobs be, when they could easily work remotely, right? So I think – Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you commute a half hour each way, which is not unusual, kind of walking, getting on the train or the bus or driving, parking, that's a half hour each way. That's an hour each day. That's that's Think of that. It's five hours a week. Multiply that times a 50-hour work week. That's 250 hours a year or roughly over yeah. six full work weeks that you're spending commuting. Well, yeah. if you don't have to, now a lot of people want to get away from home, and I understand that. I understand that completely. But if you don't want to get away from home and you can do the same job from home and your boss thinks that's a great idea and it can save them a bundle of money by not having some huge office, well, I mean, hello. That's what technology is yeah. for. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. I mean, and, you know, you see uh, – uh, like uh, platforms like Zoom for for um, conference calls and stuff like yeah yeah you know um, it's there's no substitute for face to face but I think we're learning that there are ways to get things done. Um, well, you, you know, know, one thing it was a good column in the in the Sun Times today by Richard Roper. It wasn't about uh, 
movies, although he did review 18 of the best um, plague movies. <laughs> there's so God, many of them. You know, not just Contagion and yeah, Outbreak, but so they go all the way back to the night, early 1900s. Right yeah, if there's something huh? I don't want to watch right now, it's a, it's a move about, movie about a plague. But I give him credit for, <laughs> for writing the column about it. Yeah, well, what he said was, oh, he's worked from home, like most of us have a long time. And uh, he said, uh, number one thing, every day when you get up, get out of your pajamas and get dressed. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you don't have to. And then the second big thing, Brad, don't start drinking just because you're home. <laughs> or fire I, up I, the bong. I, I, agree with, I agree with both of those, and I don't do a great job uh, adhering to the first one. Uh, I often wear my sweats all day if I don't have somewhere to be. But you, yeah, yeah. you so, sleep in your sweats? Uh, that's kind of an intimate question. Uh, no, yeah, I, I listen, you asked me some pretty personal questions. So, do you sleep in your sweatshirt, Brad? I usually I usually sleep in a pair of shorts or uh, my underwear. Okay, you mean like a I pair put, of shorts, like cargo pants, like? No, like 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 gym shorts, like uh, you know, okay. workout workout shorts. What do, what do you? Yeah, uh, what do you sleep in, Rick? I'm just completely naked. <laughs> In fact, I never put. A, I just walk around the house nude. <laughs> kind of the way it is. <laughs> well, I'll, if I ever uh, if I ever make my way up there again, I'll be sure to, I'll be sure to call before I come knocking on the door. But it doesn't matter. Ring the doorbell and I'll open it up. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Has that been a lifelong yeah. thing? Uh, no, I actually, I wear, yeah, it's been ever since I was a little bitty baby in diapers, or without diapers. I um, I wear a suit of armor these days. I put that on as soon as I get up. And I, at night, I wear a plastic suit. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no virus getting me, bud. I hope not. We got to keep, you're a national treasure, man. We got to keep you around forever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know I remember Bill Gleason saying to me one time, Calendar, my, gra- my class is graduating. And like, <laughs> you know, he was talking about his, his old boys were dying off. Yeah. I was like that. I thought that was pretty cool. And I said, Bill, do you mind? Ah, that's what happens when you get old. <laughs> so <laughs> my class isn't graduating quite yet. No. But uh, we're, we're seniors, yeah. Senior year. Oh, that's the- sure. Well, there's the the Mad Men quote from Roger Sterling when he said, uh, "It's always later than you think." And, uh, there might be something to that. But well, you, Mad Men keep... has all the truth in the world, so yeah. Yeah, there's. I, I don't think you're. A, are you on Insta? You have an Instagram account? Yeah, I am, but I don't even look at it. I was trying to change my photo on there. I've got a picture of Ronald Reagan smoking a cigarette. And I'm trying to change it, but I, it doesn't work. So I don't know. I, I quit. That's what I do. Uh, I, just, I look at something. If I can't remember the password, I mean, honestly, God, well, can well, I just I think, for a second here, Brad? Hold on. Yeah. You young people who thought up the Internet and all this stuff. Passwords. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's all have passwords for every goddamn thing we do. And then let's, we have to change them every three months for security reasons. So just memorize them. Or put them in a little. Don't put them in a piece of paper because you might lose that. So put them on a a an app. Oh, it got hacked. 
mean, are you kidding me? Come on. Come on. I agree. Pat, passwords definitely suck. Uh, and yeah. I know, I know there are, you know, you can do, you can do your, uh, your finger, your thumbprint now to, to get through. Yeah, they'll cut off your finger. They'll cut off your thumb. That's what they do now. Well, if someone wants to get in your Instagram so badly that they cut off your, your thumb, God love them. But, um, yeah. the, I was asking about Instagram because there's like 10 really good, uh, mad men inspired Instagram accounts where people just, all they post is either clips from Mad Men or stills from Mad Men with the captions and stuff, and they're awesome. And and the, a couple of them will post things as it relates to time going on right now, things we're going through right now, uh, and it's it's great. So if you do figure out your Instagram uh, password so you can swap out your your uh, image, your, your uh, profile picture, I would recommend searching for some Mad Men accounts that you can follow. Okay. Well, no, that, I mean, that sounds – Sound pretty good. Um, I was talking to Rick Morrissey yesterday, I guess. Everybody's asking everybody they know, what are you doing to keep from going insane? He said he watched, he and Ann watched this uh, series called Valhalla. Have you heard of that? No. Yeah. He said it's some, you know, Swedish noir murder mystery or something like that. It says pretty good. The Swedes are weird anyhow, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Valhalla. I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, I mean I don't know if it's any good, but that's you got problems, um, folks. Rick Morrissey, R Morrissey yeah. at com. <laughs> if it sucks, I'll let him know, and if I like it, yeah, I'll please do, please do. Cool. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining. Uh, All right, there you have it. Uh, good conversation, wide ranging with my buddy Rick. Uh, uh, ended kind of abruptly. That's because I am uh, editing and producing this shit myself, and I suck at it. I'll get better next time. I'll you know let my guests say goodbye. But uh, hey, if you listen this long, I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully my amateurness was uh, of interest to you rather than uh, something that you uh, that took away from your listening experience during this troubling quarantine time. Anyway. Check us out, theheckler.com, for everything we have going on. Do your part, please, to support all the small businesses, family-run independent businesses near you, wherever you are. Uh, It will make a huge difference in the long run. So take care, and uh, we'll get some more stuff up here for you soon. Thanks.